0: Welcome to Cardamone Law University, translating the Pennsylvania Workers' Compensation Law into plain English for injured workers. This is a monthly series to help injured workers understand the complex law in Pennsylvania regarding workers' compensation. My name is Thomas Smollett. I am the Vice President of Marketing for Cardamone Law. I will be your host and I will be asking the tough questions to Michael W. Cardamone, attorney and owner of our workers' compensation boutique firm cardinal law michael how are you doing great tom how about yourself i'm doing wonderful um michael let's jump right into this on our last episode we discussed the basics of pennsylvania workers compensation today i want to shift our focus onto a very popular topic lump sum settlements first does every case settle for a lump sum
1: not every case there's some situations where somebody might be out of work for a couple weeks or a month maybe two months and they're on workers compensation but then they go back to work either full duty or with restrictions and the work comp checks will stop or be reduced uh, pursuant to whatever earnings they start to earn again and a lot of times in those situations the case just fizzles out if somebody's return to work is successful Sometimes the parties just can't reach a meeting of the minds. Um, I've had plenty of cases where both parties have interest in settlement, but it just doesn't settle because we might value the case, for example, at $100,000. And the insurance company and their attorney on the other end might value the case at $50,000. Sometimes we'll even have a mediation with the workers' comp judge to try to Um, hash out a deal and sometimes they're not successful. So not every case ends in a lump sum settlement, but I will say the majority do. I I probably put the number at around 80% or so. So um, a lot of people out there, unfortunately, because of some uh, misleading advertising by certain firms, they believe that they're entitled to the settlement. And that's not true. The workers comp carrier, they can just pay somebody their checks. until the case is over either with the finding of a full recovery, or return to work at full duty, regular um, pay. So there's a little bit of a misconception out there that people are entitled to a lump sum settlement. And that's not the case. Both parties have to be willing and able um, to want to enter into that agreement and then actually reach a deal in terms of a number. Now,
0: which do you prefer as, as an attorney? You've been doing this a long time. Do You prefer a lump sum settlement or do you prefer to take it out further and drag it out longer, hopefully hopefully to get more money, possibly for your client?
1: It really depends, Tom. Uh, we always do what's in the best interest of our clients. That's, of course, an ethical obligation that we have and, and we follow that in every single situation. There are times where people are just tired of the demoralizing nature of workers' comp tired of the checks being erratic, tired of being spied on, tired of going to independent medical doctors, many of who, whom will claim that our clients are are suddenly recovered. Um, so a lot of times it comes down to fatigue. In other cases, um, you know, the, the case settles because somebody has another job lined up. If they're out of work on workers' comp and we might have some leverage to settle it because there's no petitions pending to threaten somebody's checks and somebody wants to jump on a job opportunity. So we might try to settle the case at that point. But it's it's a tough question to answer. It really depends on the situation. Sometimes it's better for somebody to just be on checks for a while until their um, treatment settles down and then look for a lump sum settlement if the other side's interested. And there are occasions where we settle these for a lump sum pretty quickly within a month or two of the injury. Um, but so there's no real uh, black and white answer. It really depends on on the situation and you know what the person's plans are, how um,
0: disabled they are, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that being said, when is the best time to settle a Pennsylvania workers' compensation case?
1: If you, look at it, if you look at it in terms of the big picture, the reality is whenever the parties can reach a meeting of the minds. On a more micro level, Tom, from our perspective, as you know, representing injured workers, uh, the settlements tend to, they tend to be better when treatment has tapered off. For example, if we have a client and they need a back surgery and it's related to the work injury. Um, we will tend to not want to settle that type of case because they want the medical benefits and they want the surgery covered and the post-surgery, physical therapy, medications, et cetera. But if we have a situation where the client has had the surgery for their back, let's say, they've had the therapy, their treatment will tend to taper off at some point and the doctor will say, you're at MMI, which means maximum medical improvement, which is another wor- another way of saying that they've plateaued. They shouldn't really get any better. They shouldn't get worse. They've kind of leveled off, so to speak. So in that particular environment, that's when the cases tend to settle because we don't have that fear of their future medical being a ton of money. Sometimes they have another source of insurance through a spouse. Um, so the best time is really when treatment is kind of tapered off on the other hand you know some clients are in a dire straits financially and they and they want to settle their case maybe they have a debt or whatever circumstances going on in their life they have other insurance or they're willing to just stop treating so sometimes we settle cases because the clients really want to settle for whatever the reason is even in the middle of a lot of aggressive treatment but if you look at the whole, they, they, the cases do send tend to settle once somebody's treatment has is, is tapered off.
0: What factors do you evaluate going into the value of a particular case? That is a great
1: question, Tom. I could give a five-hour seminar in terms of the, uh, the answer to this. There's just so much meat on the bones here in terms of material. To kind of simplify it a little bit, um, one huge factor, and this would seem obvious to most people, is what was their average weekly wage when they got injured, because that that will determine their workers' comp rate, which is the amount that they actually receive in their workers' comp check. So if you take somebody who was earning $1,000 a week leading up to the date of injury, their case is going to usually with the same facts be more valuable, of course, than somebody who earns $300 a week. So the average weekly wage and the commensurate comp rate is a really big factor because the insurance companies like to kind of value these cases in terms of years. They'll say, okay, what is one year of the comp rate? If somebody's getting $1,000 a week, well, that's $52,000 a year. Two, two years of comp would be hundred and four thousand et cetera so the, the comp rate is a huge factor and then some of the other factors are you know would seem pretty obvious as well how severe is the injury you know and really the issue is how does their injury affect their ability to earn money so sometimes you have to figure out okay if our client earned a thousand dollars a week before the injury And now a vocational expert is saying they can earn $400. Well, there's a $600 difference and workers' comp would have to pay two thirds of that. So that's, I guess, $400 a week. Um, And once you're on a partial workers' comp check, meaning not your full comp check, but a partial um, in that situation, the $400 a week, you can be on that for up to potentially 500 weeks, which is about nine and a half years. Mm -hmm. So we start crunching numbers basically saying okay how long do we think our client will be totally disabled and if not what are the chances somebody's going to establish an earning power if they do establish that earning power you know how many years could they possibly be be getting a partial um disability check for a lower amount than their their full amount so some of the other factors education you know the the less education somebody has that tends to to drive the settlement value higher Um, their age, of course, and other factors like if the case is in litigation, you know, who are the players, which judges it? Some are a little bit more liberal. Some are more conservative. Um, Who is the independent medical doctor? Are they generally credible? What are their credentials? Things like that. The worst thing though, Tom, that happens is people instead of talking to a specialist like myself they try to get legal advice from either a doctor or a coworker or a friend i can't tell you how many times in the last 21 years that i've had a client or potential client say that's not fair my my buddy got 250,000 and they had a back injury too and then i'll follow up and i'll ask him i'll say what was their comp rate i don't know what, would, what did their doctor say? I don't know. What are their diagnoses? I don't know. Who was, the, who was the doctor on the other side? I don't know. You know, how much money did they earn? I don't know. So people fall into this habit of sort of trying to lump things together where really every case is unique. And there's so many factors that determine what the fair range is for a settlement for a particular case. So I try to tell my clients our clients that you know it's you can't do that get your analysis from somebody who does workers comp um, and and figure it out you know for your own facts you you don't want to compare your
0: case to somebody else's because the cases are all different so Michael I'm looking through here and I see some of the notes that we have discussed prior to coming on air in the evaluation of the case that you were just speaking of um, for example, their comp rate is what they make per week. Now, if a person needs surgery, is that also added on to that total or is that a complete separate check that they would have or that they would get paid out?
1: Great question. So normally if somebody's on workers' comp and we settle the case for a lump sum, the wage loss is computed as one number, let's say $100,000, and then usually the deal in the medical is medical benefits will be paid by the workers' comp carrier up until the date of a settlement hearing. So the individual, the injured worker, does not actually receive um, cash for the medical. They'll, the 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 doctor's bills get paid directly by the insurance company. However, if a case is ending and have the surgery, we can use that as leverage to say, listen you know you want to offer x amount but you're saving x amount of dollars because this guy's or girl's going to be willing to get surgery on their own so we want that factored into the equation here so it really depends on the situation but generally speaking with the settlements it's a lump sum Agree to also pay any outstanding medical bills for any treatment up until the settlement hearing and then there's a
0: clean break okay Okay, that's very interesting. I, I always wondered how that worked out, Michael. <laughs> um, next question, can an injured worker settle just one part of their case? Let me give an example. Can they settle the wage loss part of the case and leave medical benefits open for more treatment to be covered?
1: Yes, but only if the insurance company is willing, of course. And they generally resent that idea, Tom. Here's, here's why think about this dynamic insurance companies are in the risk they do they finality and closure they want to close down these files especially if they've been around for a while so there are occasions where our clients will say I'm willing to settle the wage loss but I am not comfortable casting out of the medical part of this case because whatever i'm getting epidural steroid injections or i have a potential surgery or whatever so we can ask for that where we say listen we want again i'm just making up a number hundred thousand dollars to settle the wage loss part of the case but we want six more months of open medical benefits or nine months or 12 months and then sometimes there's i would say most of the time there's some real pushback where they resent that and they say no it's a full settlement or nothing but five percent of the time you might get lucky and they might say okay we'll keep medical open but what you find out is they want to really box you in on that and and try to limit the term in other words instead of open-ended medical they try to give you a six or nine or 12 month time frame and then sometimes they even push to limit the actual treatment that they'll cover they might say okay mike you guys want 12 months of open medical but we're not agreeing to pay for anything uh invasive no surgery we'll pay for office visits we'll pay for physical therapy and any prescriptions but no injections to you know to the spine or the shoulder or whatever the injury is and no surgery so the short answer is yes you can do that where you have open medical but they generally don't like that on the other side because they want to close these files down and they don't know how much that medical is going to cost so the 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 wage loss part of the case uh gives them that it gives you a concrete answer well here's the payout and closing down medical they know there there's no more exposure so they don't like the idea of open medical because they just simply don't know how much it's going to cost them and they're in the the field of managing risk and so that's a risk when you have open medical so we only see those cases maybe once a year Maybe once every two years where an insurance company will agree to that open open period of medicals.
0: So um question I got for you is let me give you an example. Uh you had talked about a time frame for the medical six months, twelve months. Now at the end of that time frame, can that be reevaluated or is that it? Done deal and the story. They're on their own after that. No,
1: it's pretty much done. I mean, once you agree to it, that's that's the deal. I mean, the parties could agree out of that if both parties agreed to it, but it would be very unusual. So if you have a situation where the agreement is six months of open medicals and all of a sudden we say, oops, we should have we bargained for more, um, they're going to say no can do. I mean, that's going to be 99% of the time the answer. So theoretically anything is possible but in reality that's not going to happen very
0: frequently if if ever do you find this to be a sticking point in a lot of your cases
1: not too frequently and the reason is most injured workers understand because we explain it to them carefully sort of putting your shoes in the putting yourself into the other entity's shoes the insurance company and they they understand intellectually that concept that they want to close down the case, that they're going to probably offer more money if you can settle out the medical. So a lot of people are content with that and they either buy insurance with their settlement money or confident that they can find another job, get insurance through employment or some people, you know, they know they're totally disabled they're going to apply for Social Security disability, and then they become Medicare eligible within two years. So it's not it's not a sticking point in a lot of cases. It does come up here and there, but for the most part, we're able to settle these these matters for that lump sum of the you know the cash payment plus medical through the payment
0: of the settlement hearing. Okay. Okay. Uh- next question michael we're we're just about at the end here um do the settlements need to be approved by a judge or do the parties just simply submit paperwork
1: so unlike a personal injury case tom we have to present these settlements at a hearing in front of a workers comp judge we have to make a record Uh, we basically put on brief testimony from our client uh, indicating that they've read the agreement they signed it they know how much they're getting they know what's happening with the the medical and the wage loss benefits um that they're clear-minded and nobody put any pressure on them they're doing it of their own free will so we usually do this you know 10 to 15 question um sort of litany of of um just basic fundamental things that we put on the record so that the judge can see everyone's on the same page um, there's no side business going on here's the deal here's the paperwork and the judges routinely approve them. Um, sometimes they'll if somebody's really hesitant and they're asked by the judge, you know sir or ma'am, do you really want me to approve your settlement if they are if they're very shaky and they're not confident, then the judge will dismiss the parties and say come back another time. but ninety nine percent of the time these things go through a record is made. Judges are not there to decide if it's a good or a bad deal. There's a little bit of um, a myth about that. The, and the reason is think about it. The judges know that every case value is different depending on the, the circumstances. So they don't have these hearings to say to the injured worker. Why are you getting more Why or You're getting too much. That's not their business. That's that's a negotiation between the parties their role is to find out or not to find out, but to decide if the injured worker understands the full legal significance of the agreement. In other words, what they're getting and what they're giving up in exchange for it. So the hearings, although there is an approval process and it has to be in court at a hearing, the hearings are usually 10 minutes and pretty quick. They're, they're pretty painless. And I really try to tell our clients that because a lot of people get really worked up about court And I'll tell them that you're not going to be testifying for an hour and under the gun. And this is a friendly proceeding and just a formality.
0: So um, the hearings are pretty painless. Are these usually the same judges from start to finish in each case?
1: Um, Yeah, on a particular Yeah, Yeah. If we filed, uh, let's say, um, let's say we have a client whose claim was denied from the start. We then file what's called a claim petition, which puts it into litigation, gets assigned to a workers' comp judge. If we settle that case, then yes, the settlement um, hearing is before the same judge. Um, there are situations where somebody's on comp, they're not in court for litigation, there's no fight going on, and we settle the case, then we file what's called a petition for a compromise and release agreement, and then it just gets assigned to a judge. So. Uh, But if the case is in litigation, if you're fighting over something and you happen to settle it during that litigation, then it's the same judge who who hears the settlement hearing.
0: Now, Michael, before we have to run, can you please remind our listeners what is the attorney fee out of the settlement?
1: Simple answer for once, right? 20 percent, 20 percent of the settlement. So case settles for one hundred thousand dollars. $20,000 $20,000 fee, $80,000 goes to the client. So it's standard in workers' comp in Pennsylvania. Um, there are some firms and some attorneys who try to petition for what's called good cause for more than that, but I've never done that. 20% is is fair, and that's, that's the standard.
0: Michael, that's like the shortest answer you've given <laughs> since we started this podcast. <laughs> I, am capable, I am capable of not being long-winded. Well, I saw it this time. Well, we are out of time. And Michael, as always, it's been a pleasure speaking with you about the sum of the basics of Pennsylvania workers' compensation lump sum settlements. We are out of time for today. Please join us again for our next podcast here at Cardamone Law University. And we remind you that if you have any legal matters, no matter what it is, we can help refer you to the right law firm. You can contact us anytime at www.cardamonelaw.com that's C-A-R-D-A-M-O-N-E-L-A-W dot com one more time C-A-R-D-A-M-O-N-E-L-A-W dot com or by calling us at 215-206-9068 once again that number is 215-206-9068 and thank you stay healthy and so long everybody so long Michael So long, Tom.